As Andrew said, I'm Pastor Sarah. I'm the communications and arts pastor here at City Church. So sometimes I don't, you might see me up here occasionally doing an announcement or something, but generally I'm back with all the tech people. So since I'm up here and I have the opportunity, wouldn't it be great if we just thanked all the people who work really hard every Sunday, Tuesday, every service to do tech here at City Church? Yeah. They're behind the scenes, and quite often we only hear when thing, people think when things go wrong, not when things go right. So um, I just really appreciate their dedication to making our worship experience without distractions, and um, it's a great thing. So thanks, team, for um, all that you do on all the different times we meet in this place. As Pastor Tom has said the past couple weeks, we're in a series called Clear Callings, and we're focusing on the four values that City Church has. The first one was come as you are. The second one was connect with God. And today it's connect with others, which we're doing different titles each week, but those are the values that you'd see on our website or in other places. And called to community is how we're going to talk about connect with others today. Um, Community is something that's always been really crucial to me. Being a single person, um, community is so important because I don't just naturally have all those people around me. When you're married, you have children, um, you've kind of got your own little community, right? Um, But as a single person, I... I haven't always had that. I've been blessed that um, I live with my mother, who is my community and my family at the same time. So I have that, and then I have friends, obviously, around me to build community. But I want to go outside what we sometimes think of community in the sense of just those close friends, those people right around us, and talk about God's community in a larger sense today community within the church, but also community outside the church. Um, God created us to be in community. We Way back in Genesis, we see Adam and Eve, right? Adam was alone and God created Eve, so there's community right away, <laughs> right away at the beginning. And then we see later um, community over and over again, specifically when Jesus was here, right? Jesus had people around him, disciples who were with him. I mean, if you think about it, there's like living, eating, breathing, everything, every moment together. And that's That's community. And we see that so much more as the, you know, time goes on with the um, church after Jesus goes to heaven. We see the church in Acts. We see all the churches throughout um, that area of the world where Paul went, living in community. And that looked different, you know, than it might look today with um, house churches or people who are being persecuted. So, having to be really tight-knit because of that. But all of the things that we see throughout all of the Old and New Testament tell us God created us to be in community. And if nothing else, there's scripture after scripture about not neglecting to meet one another in Hebrews. And um, Romans talks about how we belong to one body uh, and we're all one together. We belong to each other. So these are important things. If God took all that time to show us community, talk about community. It's something I think we should think about a little bit. Community is really important because it provides some things for us. Um, The first thing that it, among other things that it provides is a sense of belonging. And that's really important. You cannot have a sense of belonging by yourself. (laughs) 
You have to have other people in order to belong to something. And it's something within us as humans. We want to belong. We want to belong to various groups. We want to belong to the human race. We want to belong to someone. We have that need within us. And community provides that for us. Community provides support. Many of us have seen that over and over again in our lives. When we have something going on in our lives that's a storm, community is there to be with us. And they're there to celebrate with us too, right? And so community support is important. Another thing, just in a more practical way, is community provides resources, right? I mean, I have this happen all the time. I, I have community and I have friends who are like, uh, I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to, you know, change that tire. I don't know how to. And I have friends who do. And so that provides me resources. And I have resources they don't have. I don't know how many times when it comes to at some point, someone has to be costumed for any reason, I get phone calls, you know, or um, things like that. So, you know, we have resources that we share with one another. Also, a really great thing is community has the ability to bring about change. And that's huge, right? Um, when we as a community, whether you think of community as an online community, a church community, a secular community, whatever that looks like, when we partner together, we have the ability to change things. And that's powerful. So that's just some of the stuff that I'm excited, why I'm so excited about community. So we're going to talk about community this morning. I'm specifically going to talk about two things in community. But before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your presence with us this morning. I thank you that you created us to be in community with you and with each other. And I just ask this morning that um, as we spend some time hearing your word and talking about community, that you would awaken our hearts to all that you have for us. Amen. So there's two things that I, I want to talk about today, um, and I'm going to kind of pull them apart in a different way, but I'm just going to mention these two. These aren't the points you're going to see on the screen, so relax, but you can write them down if you want. The first thing I'm going to talk about is finding joy in Jesus Christ and sharing it, and the second thing is becoming and being a person of peace. Now, I'm going to break it down rather oddly. Instead of talking all about finding joy in Jesus Christ and sharing it, and then all about becoming and being a person of peace. I'm actually going to talk about the first half of each, each phrase, and then the second half of each phrase. Because the first half of each phrase puts us in the church, and what I believe how God wants us to see community in the church. The second half of both of those phrases tell us how God wants us to be in community outside of the church. So that's where we're going. Um, First of all, finding joy in Jesus Christ and sharing it is our mission statement. If you have been out in the hallway, you see that on the wall out there. Um, quite often we see come as you are, which is another one of our values. It's our, our first value. But this, this statement is more for those who believe, right? It's we're finding joy in Jesus Christ and we're sharing it. And that comes from Matthew 13, 44. And they're going to put that up on the screen just so you can see it. Um, I'm not going to spend time on this scripture, but Pastor Tom has talked about this quite often, about where this scripture, what this means for us as a church. But you can see that that's where that concept comes from, that we're finding joy, we're finding this treasure, right? And, um, and then we're going to share that with those around us. 
On our website, um, we have many things under each of our values, but one of the things it says under the connect with others value is by serving others with unique talents and abilities in Christ and by receiving from them in return, we find true joy. So that connects to our mission statement that when we spend time in community with others, when we serve others, we find joy. And so then and can return in that community, share it with each other. So we see that our mission statement is a huge part of community. Um, the second thing that, I wanna, that I'm gonna focus on, as I said, is becoming and being a person of peace. This, um, I'm, I'm pulling this from Luke 10, five and six. And in this scripture, we see that when you enter a house, say peace to this house, and if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Um, this scripture is something, it's, I would encourage you to look at the larger passage, passage of Luke 10. Um, it's something that I've been dwelling on a lot in the past couple of months. Pastor Andrew and I are part of a ministry leaders cohort this year from September to May called Missio Madison. And part of what we do in Missio Madison is a practice called dwelling on the word. And we've been, we have dwelled on Luke 10, whatever the group of scriptures are there. Um, this is just part of it, uh, for three months. I don't know if you've ever dwelled on a passage of scripture for three months. It sounds a little like, why would you do that? That's a really long time. <laughs> I think we kind of thought that way too. <laughs> but but um, it's, it's amazing. When you spend that amount of time on one passage of scripture with a group of people, it's amazing what God speaks to you. So some of what you're gonna hear today has come out of that dwelling on this um, and thinking and praying about what does it mean to be a person of peace. Um, that idea of being a person of peace comes out of this, that you are going to come to people and promote peace. So in order to come to people and promote peace, to be a person of peace, I gotta learn how to become one. <laughs> what does that mean? The neat thing about peace uh, people of peace as they build bridges, um, they connect things, they become those people in community that create community and help communities stick together. So um, we're gonna talk about that as well this morning. Um, Missio Madison also spends a lot of time with us talking about how do we look at our church and how do we look at our neighborhoods in our city. And so you're gonna hear a little more about that later. Um, so, our, my first point is actually about community within the church, and it's finding and becoming, and that's the first half of both of those things that I refer to. The first one is finding joy in Jesus Christ, okay? That's the first half of our mission statement. And in finding joy in Jesus Christ, we're going to talk about salvation. Um, I think the first step to finding joy is Jesus, right? having that salvation. Now, Pastor Tom thus talked about salvation last week. That's why the connect with God value comes before the connect with others value. Because if we don't know Jesus, it's really hard to find joy. It really is. We've experienced that. Many of us in our lives prior to knowing Jesus have experienced that. We see that around us. We see that in our world every day. Many people who live in fear, many people who live very unhappy lives, not knowing what joy is. And we know that that first step to that is Jesus Christ. 
And so Tom spent some time last week talking about that and giving us a tool so that we can help others find Jesus and find that joy. Um, I also want to say to those of you who maybe have found that initial joy of salvation, but you still feel like there's more joy that you're not experiencing, that can come through community. And that spending that time learning about Jesus, growing in Jesus, learning about people in community will bring you joy. We have many, many different groups in this church. Um, you're, we're gonna later talk about all of these lovely connect groups that you can sign up for. We have classes, they were just up here talking about Alpha, um, the Alpha course. And those things, it may seem odd, but it, being involved in something like that brings you great joy. Because when we, we as humans find joy in Christ and we continue to experience that in community, then we just want to share it. And we share it within that community with each other. Any um, group that I'm in, that I'm in community with, we're going to share with each other. And connect groups are very much like that. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about my connect group. Curtis White and I lead a connect group for people who are creative. And the reason I say that is we don't call it an artist connect group because some people in it wouldn't consider themselves artists, but they do consider themselves creative. And the great thing is everyone's creative. God created things. We're in his image, so we create as well. And um, I encourage you, if you're interested in looking for a connect group in the time and day work for you, that just explores the Lord creatively in different ways, um, through music, through picture, through all sorts of things, um, check out our connect group. But the reason I wanna talk about it is my connect group is my community. I have many communities. I have the pastoral staff and the other staff at, at City Church who are my community. I have my theater friends who are outside of my church who are community in a way. But this group, this connect group, are the people that I can just be with. And um, I, I know what sometimes you're thinking if you're, if you're finding it hard to get involved in a connect group or a class. You're like, you know what? I only have so many nights a week. I work all week. I'm tired. I have this with the kids or I have this meeting and I just want the, you know, a night that I can do whatever I want. And there's nothing bad in that. Rest is a part of who we should be. But these connect groups are usually only twice a month, more classes. And I'll tell you, I hit connect group days sometimes. We meet on the second and fourth Wednesdays. I don't want to go to connect group. And guess what? It's at my house. <laughs> so it's really hard not to go to connect group. <laughs> so, but that's how I feel. I'm like, I don't want to go to connect group. I'm tired, I had a long day, I've had a long week, this is going on. I'm actually taking some grad school classes right now. I would much rather be working on my homework right now. <laughs> you know, things like that. And so I'm just like, you know, I don't wanna do this. I, but they're coming to my house, so, and I'm, have, I'm leading, so I kinda don't have a choice, right? Um, and so I'll come in and do you know what I can do? To these people who are my community, I can say, hey guys, I don't really feel like I want to be here tonight. <laughs> I have had a hard day and this is going on and this week and I just feel like I just wish I had a night of rest. And they'll love me 
And I can be honest and vulnerable with them, and I can say things like, you know, I know I'm leading tonight. Honestly, didn't get to spend as much time on this as I wanted to, but I trust that the Lord is gonna speak through what we're doing, so let's just go. And do you know what? The Lord is faithful every time. How much I've prepared or not prepared in that one time. And my connect group is faithful every time. To love me, to pray for me, to let whatever happen if it's my turn to lead. Um, And, you know, by the end of that time, there's nothing in the world I would have rather done, you know? And I did not start out that way, (laughs) you know? And so I know it's easy to say, I have to sacrifice this or I need rest. I want you to just really have a conversation with the Lord about that. Because I can't tell you how many times I've been in that situation and had Connect Group and felt more rested, more revived, um, more loved by the end of the night than I did before. And so I just want to encourage you to consider that's how I find joy is in community, by being loved, by belonging, by being supported, you know, all of those things. And um, I just encourage you to really consider that if you're without joy, that this might be a piece of what could bring you joy within the church body. Um, The second piece, so we talked about finding joy um, in Jesus Christ. Now we're gonna talk about becoming a person of peace. In part of what we do in community, specifically in a connect group or a class, is we are being discipled. And Jesus says, disciple people, be discipled yourselves. The disciples walked around with him for years being discipled. And if you ever wonder, how do I get discipled? This is how you get discipled. (laughs) Be in a connect group, be in a class, um, do those things. Because discipleship is how we become people of peace. When we're in a community with believers within the church, We are being taught how to become people of peace. And we are practicing it too at the same time. It's like not just learning, practicing, because you're in a community and you have to practice that with the people who are with you. Um, So what is um, living in community and a person of peace look like? So we're going to take a look at Romans 12, 9 through 21. And this scripture, I believe, is a really great picture of community. There's many in the Bible, but this one... I like because it kind of spells it out and, and I really know, okay? <laughs> so let's look at this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. 
In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So we're going to go back to the beginning of that passage, and we're going to break this down a little bit. Um, I just really feel like, you know, if we really want to know how to become people of peace, how to grow in Christ, how to live in community, this passage has some great things. So we're first going to like that. Love must be sincere. Anybody ever said, hi, it's so good to see you. How you doing? And not been sincere about it, right? And sometimes that underlying, like, you just wish, I wish I had more to give. I had wish I could be sincere. And I love this Scripture says, love must be sincere. Learning the difference between loving someone and putting on a front, you know? Do you know that loving someone and being sincere is, hi, I'm having a hard time right now. I'm glad you're here, but I I just, I love you, but I just can't talk to you right now. That's sincere love, you know? It may feel vulnerable, which is a little scary, but love people sincerely. Be honest with them and who they are and really love them. Um, It moves on and it talks about, um, I'm not going to go through every single thing because we would be here for a long time. This would be a good passage to dwell on as well. Um, But next is we get to verse 10. Be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. This goes back to love your neighbor as yourself, which we know is one of the commands that um, Jesus gave us. It's hard sometimes to honor other people above ourselves because that requires sacrifice on our part. And sacrifice isn't always comfortable. It's certainly not easy. In our society, we like comfortable and easy. We like to do what's easy and comfortable because I don't have to put any more effort. I don't have to take any more time. But God doesn't really actually call us to that. (laughs) He doesn't call us to comfortable and easy. He calls us to put others before ourselves, which requires sacrifice. Later on, we see be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Be joyful, patient, and faithful. Specifically, patient in affliction. Mm, That's a hard one for me. (laughs) If you are in a time of struggle, whether it's with another person, even in your community, or just in general, it's really hard to be patient with people. I'll I'll say that sometimes to... um, when I come home from work or, or something else going on in my life and I'll come home and I'll say to my mom, I'm crabby because I'm just stressed or this is going on. The reason I say that to her is because she knows I have, to, I have to like spend this time if she says something and, I'm, and I might say quickly something sharp back to her and I don't want to do that. By actually stating how I'm feeling to her, I find that I'm a little less crabby and a little less likely to just let everything bother me. And so trying to be patient and joyful and faithful. Later on, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Share with those who are in need. I want to say sometimes this is extremely important. Don't get me wrong. It is extremely important to share with those in other countries who are in need, those in our city who are in need. God calls us to do that as well but we sometimes forget about the people right up around us who are in need in our direct community. It, it's easy to buy a gift, give money, send money somewhere, whatever, but it's different to live life with people and to see a need and say, I'm gonna come over to your house and help you clean it. 
Who wants to clean? Well, some of you might like cleaning. I don't. <laughs> it's like, I want to clean my whole house by myself. <laughs> but to say to someone, I will come over to your house right now and clean it because I know this is what's happening in your life. That's a time sacrifice for me. I'm doing something I don't really like to do. But it's serving them. And so do we think about the people here in our church, here in our connects groups and class, the people in our community that we need to serve? And then rejoice with people. Be there for special events. Celebrate. And I mean, even some of the minor things. I mean, do you know how much joy people get from getting a handwritten note? I'm not kidding, just like this size, right? I heard you got a promotion in your job. That's so wonderful. That took me 30 seconds to write, you know, <laughs> and hand to them at the next time I see them, or whatever. Celebrate with people. Rejoice with them. Who cares if you get excited about whatever it is? They're excited. Rejoice with them. And then, of course, mourn with them. I think that we've gotten okay about mourning with people when there's a funeral, although we've shortened that in our society to be a very small amount of time, just a couple weeks. Sometimes we have to mourn with people because something didn't happen the way they hoped it would, or something they expected did not take place. Mourning isn't just about someone has died. Mourning comes in many forms. And to be aware of the people around you and mourn with them, and sometimes that just means be with them and sit with them and listen. You don't have to do a thing. That's mourning, you know? And so that's important too. Live in harmony and peace with everyone, even those you don't like or agree with. <laughs> Live in harmony and peace. Uh, this is over and over in scripture. Live in peace with everyone. And um, it's not as hard, easy as we might just read it to be. We all know that, especially in the past couple of years, right? It's not easy to live in peace and harmony with someone who thinks completely different than you on politics or about COVID or about many, many things. But we are commanded to live in peace and harmony with everyone. And I'm not talking right now about those people out there, although we're getting to them. <laughs> I'm talking about the people in this room, right? This community. We should not be fighting with each other about things. We should not be, I don't even know, posting things on Facebook that are going to cause someone to not be in peace and harmony with us. Okay? Because this, just, this one scripture alone says don't do that. You're damaging community. You're damaging what I've created you to do. And so... Sometimes living in harmony and peace may feel to you like just minding your own business and doing whatever you, you, know, you think is right for you. And that's, that's not what God's saying. And so then, toward the end, don't think you're better than others. This is a tricky one because in general, I think we don't. We say, I don't think I'm better than other people. I do this wrong and I do this. But I will tell you, there is always a point in your life where you look at someone else and you think, well, I wouldn't do it that way. And just catch yourself when you say that and ask yourself, what's behind that? 
It might be that I'm feeling insecure. It might be that um, I'm judging. It might be a lot of things, but catch yourself and say, why did I just say that? Because that's when pride comes in. That's when we start saying, I am better than other people and I have to fix them or be mad at them or whatever it is because what I think is right and I would do it differently. That God says, don't do that. Don't take revenge. I think most of us think of revenge in a very large way. It's like, well, I'm not like plotting to like slash their car tires and, you know, whatever that looks like or we see in movies. (laughs) Revenge in movies is like crazy. I just don't know about that. (laughs) People are taking revenge left and right in movies. Um, Don't take revenge because God says that's his job. Someone hurt you, don't hurt them back. Someone was mean to you, someone... Did, I don't know, forgot your birthday? Don't forget their birthday. It's just easy to not take revenge because God's got that. And we're not God. We're not God. He's he's got that. And last, I'm going to say, overcome evil with good. I mean, evil overcomes us often. It feels that way. We're overcome with evil. Lord, please save us. But he says, we have the power to overcome evil with good. What are we doing and saying, speaking that's good? When you're on Facebook and there's all that messy stuff out there, some evil stuff out there, what are you posting, you know? I like to post poems and flowers and kittens. Do you know the more you post something, the more you get the same thing? You figure that out with the algorithms they have? You know how many pictures of cats I get now? It's great. I love it. <laughs> and, and artists' things and all sorts of things because I need to fill myself up with good things and I need to fill others up with good things. And so, you know, what, how, how interesting this is, sorry, I'm going on a tangent here, but how powerful would it be if we all only posted good things? The algorithm would have to change. Can you imagine that if we all together? only posted good things, the algorithm would have to change because it only puts there what we click on. Anyway, that's a side note. Okay, all right. So, we got all this knowledge, but sometimes this head knowledge and what we're talking about doesn't come to the heart, right? And so I want to talk a little more about that. I'm going to invite Pastor Andrew up. We're going to talk to you together a little bit this morning. Um, As I said, we've been... um, in this Missio Madison cohort together. And it has changed us. And I've asked Andrew to share a little bit about um, his experience in Missio Madison, how it's changed him, and then um, we're gonna dive into, I think much of what I'm talking about next comes out of the things I've been learning in Missio Madison, and God's been speaking to me personally over the last couple of years, so. Take it away. Why don't you explain just what Missio Madison is first? Well, Missio Madison, kind of what uh, Sarah said, it's a professor got a grant from Iowa, is he? Dubuque. D- Dubuque. Yeah, Dubuque. yeah, Iowa. And he's just bringing different leaders together from different denominations, different churches, and we're just coming together, and it's more about being aware of your community and challenging us as leaders to be awake to our community. One of the things in our group, the group I'm in, one of the ladies said, and she was talking as she was challenging us, and she was like, 
to go out and to see what God is doing in your neighborhood, see what God is doing in your neighbors and in your neighborhood. And that just really struck me. God doing stuff in my neighborhood. And it's like, yeah, God is at work at the people over there who argue, the people who, are, who never quit partying. God's at work in our neighborhood. And that was just a strange concept to me. Sure, we sometimes do have to bring Jesus, but a part of it is Jesus is already working in people's lives. And so that's a part of when you may feel like God asking you to pray for someone. That's when it's like, oh, now I'm getting to partnership with God because he's already doing this. And so me praying for this person is partnership. So for me, when I get home, it's like my compound. I'm just home. So I know my block. I know the people on my block. I do not know the people in my neighborhood. This has been challenging me to do that. I share with Pastor Sarah one of my stories of you get home and I got home and, and we have this snow and so I got a snow blow and get up and go out here and do that. And I'm the kind of guy, just being real, you know, like if I'm snow blowing my sidewalk, you see that, just walk around me, don't make me stop. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so one of my neighbor guys, he was coming out, I saw him coming out of his house because I was doing it away. And he sat and he starts coming towards me and I'm looking, I'm like, he's coming down here. And it's like, I hope he goes around. And, and he's just walking and he's coming straight at me. And I'm like, he's intentionally coming down here. <laughs> and so he walks down and he gets there. And then this is where Missy o. Madison kicks in. You know, everybody can't be the monster like Pastor Tom, okay? Yeah. Playing with the kids. Playing with the kids in the store. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where then he came. And he walks by and it's like he wants to. So I shut the motor off and just the snowblower off and start talking to the gentleman. And we talked. He's a young guy, got a five-month-old. They've been there. So it was just like that, allowing people to come in. As Pastor Sarah has shared with me and we've shared before, one of the things that it is as pastors, you're just always on. And that's where it's like even when you get home, you try not to be, you know, but again, you're just always on and stuff like that. And so what Missio Madison has really done is awaken, really has changed me to my neighborhood. It has really done a work in me um, for doing that. Um, one other last story is I was walking my dog, my son's dog that we've inherited, and um, walking the dog, and this lady was in her yard doing something, so the dog comes around, she stands up, sees the dog, and so it's like, oh yeah, I got the dog. So we're talking and she starts talking to me and I'm like, oh yeah, I live in the neighborhood. I've been here since then. Oh yeah, it's my son's dog. And I believe me, I am burning calories doing this. <laughs> I am giving this lady all my business. He mean, when he says burning calories, he, this, he that means like, this is hard for me to do. Yeah. This is work. <laughs> you know? This is serious work for me to do. And so, like I said, I'm burning calories, but I'm just telling her about all my business and I walk off and I'm smiling because I did good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have Andrew, I'm going to ask him a question in just a second, but I just like it's the same thing. Um, there's something about just this intentionalness that this group has put in us, mostly because we check in with each other. We actually, we have a larger group, but we have these small groups that we meet in. They're kind of like, so how's this last week's months been, you know? And um, it's so easy to go in that bubble of I'm at home. This is my life stay out. <laughs> I'm, I'm resting here. <laughs> or I even think that about like when I'm running errands, like going to the grocery store or whatever. I'm like, I'm on a mission, people. I got to get this done. 
And then here comes God's, like, got this person next to me, and they just start talking to me. And I'm like, why are they talking to me? I'm, I don't know them. And they're, why is the guy coming to talk to you? Snowblind. Guess what God's doing? He's sending them to you because he's working and calling and wooing them. And we get so like, I want to talk to them. Don't mess up my day. They don't need to know anything about me. And I, and I also understand with, like Andrew said, when he's burning calories, sometimes you feel like, oh my gosh, it's so much work to tell these people all these things about myself when I like, don't want to. But God has something bigger for us. And so what we're learning is, okay, <laughs> we might need to be a little more like when that person approaches or we see someone, can we stop what we're doing and engage in community with them? Because... That has changed us. I believe that I've been not only drawn into a community of the people in Missio Madison, because we're in this small group of community, right, where we're living life together and talking about things. I've gotten, I think, stronger in my relationship with Andrew, just because we talk about these things. And then, of course, with my neighbors, because I'm being more intentional. So my one last question for Andrew, now that we're mov- I'm moving on to being outside the church again and not just neighborhood, but um, how has your perspective of other Christians changed? like not Christians in this church, other groups and Christians. Other denominations? Yeah. Well, like you said, when you're dealing with other people um, from different denominations, you start to find out you can really work together in your community without even discussing theology, but you're just there, um, like Sarah says, you're serving, you're helping, and people come from different places, you know, and it's been nice just to see how you can do that, to work with people and not fight with people and argue with people over theology, but just simply because, hey, we're out here trying to serve in our community. We're trying to do these things out here um, to help. The faith-based community, um, in my opinion, and some of the things we're trying to do here at City Church is to know what's going on in our backyard, what's happening outside of City Church. Who are the widows around this big building right now? So those are things like that, as Pastor Sarah was saying, about being community in here. Then how do we be community out there in this area and in Madison and serving in Madison and just uh, caring? And, and then that's where you build the relationships, as Pastor Sarah is saying, with different people of different denominations who are all serving. And then you can serve together and things can change. And that's the power of community. Thanks, Pastor Andrew. So to kind of finish up our time, I'm going to talk about the second half of those phrases we looked at. And so we've talked about um, within the church finding and becoming, but now we're going to go outside of the church and talk about sharing and being. Um, First, I want to talk about... um, what it means to share joy. And I'm gonna start by showing you some photos. If you remember in December, we did a challenge to all of you to share the joy in some way. We called it a challenge, because guess what, it's a challenge to get, again, get outside of your comfort zone, what's easy, do I have time? And some people in our church took up that challenge. And I just wanted to show you some of the great photos, because. Don't they look happy? Isn't there joy? I love it. All the photos are so good. And um, so here's the first set of photos of people who did something. A lot of cookie baking for the neighbors or shoveling snow, things like that. But um, people reaching out into their um, 
families and their families reaching out into their neighborhoods and their communities. I love the snow one because how powerful do you know if somebody shoveled your snow? You'd be like, that's a friend. That's a, that's a true friend, right? And so those are just a joy. I thank you for everyone. I know we don't have pictures from everyone who did something during December to share joy with people. And that's exactly what we were talking about is we want to share joy. Um, we don't want to focus on ourselves. We want to take the joy we found that's been discipled within us and give it to others around us because that joy is gonna bring them to finding Jesus. And um, we wanna be like Jesus. When we're like Jesus, we focus on the people around us. (laughs) He spent time with people. He, like he didn't even have a house. He just went to people's houses. It's spending time with people, right? Because you're going to everybody's house and then you're seeing the people in that town and the people in that town. And he spent time sharing joy with people. So being the community to those around you creates community for them. They may not have community. I live, in fact, that upper photo, um, there is our neighbors across the street from us, my mom and our neighbors and Jacob Bergeron, who knows them as well. And um, we went over one day and just sat down with them and talked. I have a lot of elderly people in my neighborhood. They can't get out in the winter. They, in the summer, they sit out in the circle on their driveways and talk. But in the winter, they have to stay in their homes, right? And they, some of them have mobility issues, some of them other health issues, and they don't have community in the winter. But I can be community. I can go, into the, go over and say, hey, can I come over and sit and talk with you for a while? That's all it takes. It doesn't have to be preaching to them, evangelizing them. It's just hanging out, listening, loving them, and that's sharing joy because people without community need some help sometimes getting, having community created. So that's share, we have found the joy. Now we need to share that joy and that takes a little bit of effort on our end from what um, even Andrew had set up here. But I'm gonna spend most of my time here at the end on what it means to be a person of peace. Um, And being a person of peace, we saw the passage in Romans, it tells us a lot about how to become a person of peace. But being a person of peace takes some action on our part. And I just want to tell you that where it starts first is in your home, in your families, and your house. And if you, don't, if you live alone, it's still in your home. <laughs> um, if you remember on uh, December 26th, Sam preached on 2 Samuel, um, Sam Duram. And he um, talked about uh, 2 Samuel 6.12 and talks about that you can see in there that the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because the ark of God was there. That's the presence of God. And the presence of God was in this man's home. And the presence of God can, is in our homes as well. Do we allow the presence of God to live and breathe within our homes? You know, the things that we talked about at the beginning that community creates, like sense of belonging, support, change, resources, is that happening in your home? Can you start that in your home with your kids, with your friends who are always coming over to your house that feel like family? I think Sam would say that every household needs to, long, it needs to desire to be Obed-Edom. 
to have the ark present in my home, the presence of God, and everyone will see it. David saw it, so he came to get the ark, right? He wanted that presence in Jerusalem. And it says everything he has was blessed. And if that presence is in our homes, if we're practicing community in our homes, we will be blessed, and people will see that, but we'll be blessed if we do that. I want to point out another scripture to you that then talks about what that means if the presence of God is in your home. What does that mean for the neighbors around you? And this is being people of peace while in exile. And this is Jeremiah 29, 4 through 7. And um, actually, in Missio Madison, this is the new scripture passage. Again, a fuller person. This is only a couple verses out of that. That we are now dwelling on, I think, for the next three months. And this scripture, well, I'll just read it for you. This is what the Lord Almighty of God of Israel says to those I carried into exile, says to those who carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters, increase in number there, do not decrease Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Do you sometimes feel like you're in exile where you live? Most of the time we like our homes and our neighborhoods at some level, but what I mean by this is do you look at the city of Madison or your neighbors or whoever as those people, those lost people, Those people who aren't like me, they might believe different politically, spiritually. They might be of a different religion. They might um, not fit any of your values. So sometimes we're in exile among people. Sometimes it feels like that at work. For some of your jobs, you might feel that way. And it's interesting what God says. First of all, he put them in exile. That's an interesting thought. He put them there. (laughs) And so if he put them there, there's a purpose, right? He says, build houses and settle down and plant gardens. Does it sound like they're going anywhere? No. (laughs) And so sometimes we're just sitting there going, I'm in exile, waiting for people to go away so I could do what I need to do. And God's like, I kind of put you there for a reason. Could Could you build Houses with them, plant gardens. Oh, by the way, let your sons and daughters marry. Oh my goodness. What? Not going to get into that right now, but it's a little scary, right? This is not stay separated from them, don't talk to them, just hole up in your house and pray, you know? Or only get together with all the like-minded Jerusalem people and ignore the Babylon people. It doesn't say that at all. In fact, it says the opposite. Seek peace and prosperity of the city. If it prospers, you too will prosper. Same thing back to that scripture in 2 Samuel, right? The presence of the Lord sits in your home. You will be blessed. If you seek peace and prosperity in your neighborhood, you will be blessed. And the city will be blessed. I've heard so many people not talk about Madison, Wisconsin in terms of happy terms. I love Madison. Madison's my home. 
Madison, my people. Madison's amazing. Are there people here that I don't understand and I don't agree with and that I hurt for? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. This is my home and I love Madison. And I want Madison to prosper. I don't want those people who believe politically different than me to have hardship and to see that all their plans go to, I don't want them to do that. I want us to prosper because that's what God wants. They will find him through us when we encourage them, support them, make them feel like they belong, help them change things. (laughs) I can sit here all I want and be like, well, I hope they get what they deserve because they said this or believe this or, oh wait, revenge is not mine, it's the Lord's. We've gotta really think about this. In order for us to experience revival in the city of Madison, this has to happen. If we're not experiencing the presence of God in our homes and carrying that out into our city and our neighborhoods and getting to love the people around us, revival will not happen. Revival doesn't just start in this building. In fact, if you study those history of revivals, they start in communities. People's jobs change, everything changes. So we're gonna end this morning in two things. Um, First, I'm just gonna have you think about something, we're gonna sing a song. And then I'm gonna come back and close and talk about some of the more tangible, practical ways we can respond to this today. Let's stand. I just really feel like the Lord is asking us to, to think, and they're gonna play a song, you can sing, but I'd really ask if, if you feel like you can not sing to just listen to the words, look at the words, and, and speak to the Lord, but if you can sing and speak to the Lord at the same time, great, multitasking's good. What has he said to you this morning about being in community here at church, about your home, about your neighborhood? What is he saying? I think there's some people here who want to find joy and learn how to share it. I think there's some people here who want to become people of peace and then be that person of peace. So I'm going to pray for that. And if you're one of those people who's like, I need to find joy and share it, or I need to be a person of peace and be that to my neighborhood, that bridge, that connecting person, and in my home, then I just encourage you um, as I pray now to just open your arms and hear what the Lord has to say to you and then have a conversation with him as we sing this song and then I'll come back up. Lord, I just thank you that you love us and people so much. I mean, isn't that what salvation is? You're bringing us into community with you through Christ. Thank you for bringing us into community with you when we didn't have it. Lord, would you bring community here in City Church and community in our individual neighborhoods in the city of Madison. We're called to community. Would you awaken us and help us to know how to best share joy, bring peace, Help us to know what steps you want us to take 
And Lord, we ask that you change our hearts and our minds to be with your heart and mind.